Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's talking about, time for Mortgage Matters. Buenos dias, Daniel. Hello, Jim. Hello, Jason. Good morning. How are you guys? I'm doing great. How are you? You know, I'm I'm feeling energetic and happy today. That's awesome. Yeah. Yesterday I was miserable all day long. Well, that's too bad. I got the flu mist. Uh, I totally got roped into it. It was the worst thing ever. I got the flu mist. Uh-huh squirts a thing up my nose. I didn't really have time to say no. So next thing I know, I'm inoculated. And then yesterday, mm. I think I had the flu for like eight hours. Well, but... sometimes they do give you like, well, they do. They give you a bit of the flu. Oh, it's terrible. Oh. The fastest little mini flu I've ever had. So I oh. guess you just do a mini flu for a day and then you don't have to have it for a week later, maybe. <laughs> I have to go get mine too. But I'm I was looking forward to that now. I'd never have done anything like that before. I've never gotten a flu shot. I um, was with my kids at the uh, checkup appointment, and Dr. Bravo was just like, round of flu mist for everyone. And I thought he was just referring to all the kids. And so when the gal came back with several, here, then the kids started laughing like, oh, look, dad's going to get it. And instead of being <laughs> like, there's no way I'm getting that up my nose, I uh, just kind of played along with it for a minute too long and then i got it you thought it was just going to end at some point (laughs) (laughs) the charade was going to be over how can you like not do it and then make your kids do it i don't know because they're (laughs) do as i say not as i do because they're in like the germ pool all day long we're we're adults and don't do that anymore (laughs) ironically when when they were like talking about getting the flu shot the kids were like well, how come you guys don't need to get it? And we were like, whoa, because if you guys don't get sick, we're good. So, yeah. so. Now, are you technically are you technically contagious right now? Because Dan and I are in no. like this tiny room with you. Can't be. Okay. I feel great. Good. It has to have passed. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. They just give you, it's a mini flu, an intense mini flu. Yeah. And I really thought I would have nothing. But I knew right when she put that thing up my nose and squeezed it, I knew something was going to that was It was going to be a bad day. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. I think that was Wednesday. And then it was, yeah, I basically woke up on Friday feeling miserable. And I went to bed last night at about 9 o'clock feeling miserable. But I woke up today and I feel like a million bucks. That's cool. And then you threw your visor on. Today's going to be a great day. I've got a visor. You know? <laughs> I think I'm gonna <laughs> at the commercial break. I'm gonna be done with the visor. I guess. Yes, apparently so. S- suddenly, my high energy, good mood feels sad. It's because you only have half a hat today. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, at least the top of my head's not gonna get. Yeah, sunburned. but you're missing the part that covers up your bed head. Right. No, I took a shower this morning. I'm good. <laughs> oh, okay. So. Um, we have a couple guests coming in today. And I we do, yeah. I understand you pre-qualified these guests. <laughs> I did. You you weren't able to make the appointment, so 
Um, I, I had a, a quick little conference call or conversation with one of the guests yesterday. So we're going to be joined in the second hour of the show by Kathy Curtis. She's a realtor uh, for Bishop Hawk Realty. Um, I believe they're based in Pismo Beach. And uh, we're going to be joined by a builder, Greg Nestor. You know we have a connection uh, to Greg Nestor. I don't. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I, I met him years ago back, um, in the old, uh, Cameron financial days. Oh, really? Yeah. So we'll have to, we'll have to relive a little bit of that on the airwaves today. Oh, mm -hmm. um, I don't think I know that story. He's been around for a while. Big builder. And, um, it, it, it's worth mentioning too. He's one of the builders that obviously survived the recession. Which is actually uh, something that we want to talk with him about today. Not many of them did. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had, um, he was building things when it was not a good time to be building things. So anyway, yeah, it'll be fun to talk about that and find out how things are going. Um, I, I continue every, it seems like every day it just comes up where we get back to this conversation about how, and maybe it's me but about just how not building homes around here for so long has taken a toll. And, um, you know, we're reading every day about how less and less um, first-time home buyers are buying homes. And now that's sorting to translate over into the next demographic of move-up home buyers. So you were the, you were the first-time home buyer two, three, four years ago, and now you're ready you know, kind of got a little equity, you got some home ownership experience, you're looking to maybe move into a bigger house, a little bit more expensive house, maybe the family's grown, whatever your needs are. Um, hard to be a move up buyer if those the first time buyers aren't around to buy that. And it, it sounds like, um, you know, with the, the way things sort of got hot for a while, the investors maybe were scared away. And so, um, without the home buyers, I mean, there was a report this week that first time home buyers this last month was the lowest amount of first time home buyer transaction in 30 years. So I think the key to that is building. Well, and what's interesting along the, the building topic, we just came off of the week of, of elections and there were a couple of, oh, was there like, <laughs> there was a couple, there was a measure. All I, the, I think by the way, real, before you do that, let me just say this. Can you guys please go collect all those dumb signs, signs you stuck everywhere coming down my road? I guess, I guess curb rails kind of a, a busy road in a Tascadero for an off ramp. It's littered with loser mm. signs everywhere. <laughs> I know. There should be like an ordinance that you have to pick up the sign within like a day I or two. I think there is. I it's think like, there's a requirement that you have to pick them up. Well, the other thing too, are these guys ranted, Motor Mouths ranted about driving and how people are like jerks to pedestrians, but also those whipping left turns in front of you and everything. I have all of those pet peeves too. The signs thing for me is a huge one. And there's a telephone pole on the corner of my property where these guys come put up their open house or their garage sale, their bake sale, their whatever, and they make them obnoxious so everyone can see them, punch them into the pole, and then they don't come back. To take them down. Yard sales over and the things out there molding in the rain. Why don't you just take them down and then drive over and throw them in their yard? 
Well, they're not always smart <laughs> enough to put their address on. Oh, Plus, okay. I'm not that kind of neighbor. I don't want to like <laughs> deliver your sign back with a mean look. It just, just anybody. Uh, if you're putting up signs yeah. for who you want to be, whatever or not, or what you're selling, take your freaking sign down when you're done. Put it away. Okay, you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was saying that um, there were a couple of issues that pertain to home building that. I think we have a little more clarity on how they're going to work out going forward. There was a Pismo Beach issue about making sure the residents of Pismo Beach have control, have 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 a say, I should say, in, in what goes on with the Price Canyon area. Um, so that was a, a pretty big deal. Um, and then remember a few months ago, we had Lenny Grant from what was yes. it, RRM Design Group here in San Luis. And he's very involved with the workforce housing movement. <clears throat> in particular, one of the sites that their group has identified was around the, the airport right um and what is it lafco or no the, it's no, the land... a flight safety something yeah. or other i can't remember the 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 governing body but there's a there's airport a... safety commission there's there's a couple basically but they had determined that that you can't build residences within a certain proximity to the to the airport and the city council of San Luis was looking to maybe overturn that, um, but they didn't get enough votes the last time it was brought up. There were two descending votes, and now... And now they got a new council member who they believe is likely to um, vote in favor of, of that. I suppose I can't say with who, but I was I was at lunch this week with a high-profile uh, member of Slow City staff who said they were pumped about the new councilman who... Um, he was in my leadership class. Yeah. Anyway, they said, bring it in. It's time to sign this thing. And so um, just pretty, yeah, it sounds like that's probably going to be. I saw another perspective, now. though. Another uh, uh, high up city staffer wrote a letter to the editor um, in the paper about that and said she was disappointed to see that people were trying to build within that restricted area because of the future plans of growth for the airport. And it might restrict the ability to grow that airport if there's housing where there currently isn't allowed to be housing. Meh. So that wasn't another side of it that I hadn't really thought of. Because don't totally. we all want more flights into San Luis? Sure. They already lengthen the runway. Yeah, I do. I'm not afraid to say that. I, I love that. It brings in... We want more convenient travel <laughs> with no additional people living here, right? No, I'm okay. I'm okay even with the people, um, as long as they're cool. <laughs> if you didn't move to town, uh, just be cool. Don't, don't do like the L.A. driving mentality or litter all over the place. Um, turn your stereo down. We don't want to hear it in the other lane. All that stuff. But other, I'm cool with um, respectful, cool people. I think actually, from how it was described to me, the issue out there around the airport is that the the folks that don't want to um, increase density around the airport and allow more housing development to go on, it's it's because of uh... <laughs> yeah. All right, I've got it. Um, basically, the reason is is that the pilots are the ones that are saying don't do this because then. 
what they're doing is like you increase density and then you just start begging a public fight and you start begging you know people to make more noise complaints and to say that it's a problem and to want to cut back the hours and if they leave it sparsely populated with lots of open space around the airport there's less people to to mobilize and be offended and complain why do the pilots care because they don't want to be bothered by having to you know that's the pilots aren't fielding the, those calls are they they're on no the advisory way. committee hmm interesting anyway um i don't know so well but we can talk more about that in the future but it sounds like that may have found its fast track way into yeah, overturning does. what recently was voted down out there and allowing a little bit more dense you know and what I, what we were talking about at lunch the other day was san luis obispo is kind of running out of um space to develop honestly there's a lot of green belts that are pushing in a lot of open space um there's a there's not gonna be a lot of opportunity to grow and we're gonna have to come to grips with infill development and getting more dense and utilizing the land that we do have a little bit better i mean that's just that's hard people don't love that because it's sort of an urbanization the more dense you get but that's the but it's better than the alternative of sprawl <clears throat> One could argue. I suppose it's all a matter of preference. True. Um, we have a caller waiting on the line. We've got Matt calling in from San Luis Obispo. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, yeah. I wanted to make a comment about the airport uh, expansion and or people wanting to build or wanted to build in that uh, flooded area. Uh, we might personally, we might want to... Uh, build there or not build there, but uh, the Federal Aviation Administration, FAA, has a lot to say about it, and whether or not the city council, even if the city council approves it, uh, that's uh, that doesn't guarantee at all that it could be built. In fact, I doubt that it can be, uh, that, that that safety zone can be infringed upon by build, uh, by, by the city at all. Oh. So that's that's the side that people don't usually realize that we don't make those rules the, the rules are federal rules and and the city council in some cases has no say on that at all oh, interesting well it's fun for them to pretend they do then and, <laughs> and hash this all out for make our... that a campaign point right. <laughs> hey thanks matt appreciate that you bet. You bet. bye 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 so there there's your safety net. If you're upset about who got elected and whether or not it's somehow pushing this through, there are checks and balances in place. The FAA is going to make sure that we don't accidentally, you know, put too many people at risk. That's cool. Um, do you want to talk about the rest of politics and stuff? Are you excited? No, I don't want to talk politics either. I was just kidding. <laughs> I don't even like that stuff. Um, not here anyway, not in relationship to my business. I'll gladly talk politics with you elsewhere, but I found that my, um, opinions are just too strong. And then I offend people. They walk away thinking he's actually not reasonable at all. So maybe don't do business with him. And that's not what I want. So I was skipping the politics with you, all right. Dan, <clears throat> where do you want to go then? <laughs> right to commercial break. It's about that time. It truly is. And, um, you know, there is a lot to talk about. Actually, we had jobs report yesterday. Excited to, to bring that up. And then, um, yeah, other things to talk about. You missed last week, so you must have, like, double the no You don't look like you have double the I'm not going to bring notes. up old information. <laughs> I, I was listening. I was paying attention to some of the 
compelling conversation you had last week. It was good. It was good. <laughs> There's something about the chemistry when you're not here. It's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's topical and right on top of it, Jason. We yeah. just want you to know that. We don't get into the abstract popcorn lung discussion. Yeah. Hey, I'm trying to <laughs> save this man's <laughs> life. There's a box of popcorn in here. Uh, All right, guys, we're going to do a commercial break. <laughs> we got a couple minutes here to take... Time to thank the sponsors. When we get back, we'll have more Mortgage Matters. Do stick around. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Our, our show is really hip. I love this. I just heard this yesterday on Coast, and I, I just like it. I like it too. What is it? It's called Foster the People, the band Foster the People, and um, Don't Stop, Color on the Walls. Hey, if we bring in a painter, Color on the Walls. That's what this place could use is exactly. some color on the walls, yeah. huh? Well, if you brought a painter on the show, you know, there's a bed for a painter right there. Nice little mural in yeah, here. Color on the wall. I wonder. I would really dress this. Place somebody up. should do a study first, though, and find out if you're orally more creative. You know, if you're a better linguist in a certain mm. color environment. Oh. There's got to be an optimal deal where 
like a blue wall contrasting to a yellow wall would make you like as entertaining as one can be. Well, I, I do know if we ever get our studio, the carpet's going off the walls. Oh, I really? Thought, I thought that was a nice feature. Yeah. Well, sorry. I'll get with thing. engineering. I'll tell. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I don't care that much about that stuff. <laughs> Um, we have carpet half the walls. Fun this <laughs> week. Um, I had the. Uh, <laughs> it's a cool style. Yeah, I love it. In uh, it, in it. In case you were wondering, our carpet on our walls does match our drapes. Uh, I spent this week sitting in the dark. Okay. Our lights at our office are in slow or having significant problems. There are ballasts out and bulbs that are evidently old and wasteful. And I have spent five days in a row attempting to get lights per repaired in our office. Mm -hmm. So that's been fun for me. Mm -hmm. So while you work on getting carpet off your walls, I'm trying to meet this basic need of yeah. being able to like shine a light on uh, the disclosures <laughs> I'm reviewing with the loan client. And by the way, Dan, I meant to tell you at some point today, you're probably going to have to take over those negotiations because I may or may not have upset one of our landlords. Uh, and two electricians, but um, yeah. anyway, yeah, need some lights on <laughs> and there. He was, and he was out sick part of the week. I like, never was out. Again. Dads don't take sick days. That's not. That's like a kid thing to do. Um, all right, so we do really um, only have probably this first half hour here to get through. A little bit of uh, kind of the normal thing. Um, I'd started off kind of lighthearted. Um, Dan, what do you, how do you feel about interest rates right now? feel like they're pretty darn good. They're amazingly good. And was taking kind of a, a, a little tour around of uh, mortgage interest rates around the globe. Um, you probably wouldn't be refinancing your mortgage if you lived in... Man, if you lived in Kenya, guess what your mortgage rate is in Kenya? I couldn't even venture a guess. It's 22%. Just a wow. cool, just a cool 22%. Um, and I thought, well, that's pretty high. That makes four. And, you know, and I've never been to Kenya. I'm sure it's got some some great points to the city and everything. Um, here is pretty great to live for 4%. I think that that's pretty epic. And then um, working to the other side of the dealio here um, in Denmark. And I'm not I'm not a traveler guy. I've never even been to Denmark. Have you guys been to Denmark? No, I haven't. I bet it's no. great there. Um, and you can get a two and a half percent thirty year fix there in Denmark. Wow. So that's, that's pretty crazy. sweet, huh? Yeah. Um, and it just kind of gives you an idea of the spectrum going on around the world wow, right now. That's incredible. Um, and so we cruise away around four percent. It's pretty awesome. Um, but what I, does it cost to buy the house? In the first I don't know. All I don't, of a sudden, I, I, mean, I want to go investigate <laughs> Denmark to see what it's all about. Say, what, what's the property? In either case, you need to know that that access to money and cost to borrow has a direct relationship. You've got to imagine that the, the real estate market in Kenya at 22% interest rate just has to be strained. I want to know how many first-time homebuyers they have. Um, it's got to be just a lot harder um, and then likewise, when it's two and a half percent in another part of booming. the world, just come on in. That's like getting a, um, that's almost like getting a interest free loan. And in Kenya, um, are you buying a mud hut? I mean, no offense. To <laughs> I, don't Kenyans, but I don't know. I don't know. I was avoiding buying. making some kind of ignorant <laughs> comment like that. I, don't, I, just, I really I don't know. What are you buying? What are you buying? <laughs> 
That's what I'm saying. What are you buying? Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I didn't look that far into it, but I just thought that was kind of fun to kind of see that in context. Um, here's another little fun one for you, Dan. I read a, I read a little uh, piece this week about Dodd Frank. Um, Dodd Frank, fifty-eight uh, percent of the rules are now finalized in Dodd Frank. Did you know that? No, it seems like it's dragging on forever. For those of you who don't know, Dodd Frank, those are the two senators who came up with some financial reform rules. Right. What and like ten? No, not ten years ago. In uh, about two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand ten ish. And so a lot of them have been implemented or discussed for a long time but not officially implemented it's taking a long time to implement all these rules yeah uh 58 implemented now 19 percent of the rules um had rules proposed to make modifications coming later uh this next year and 24 percent. check this out dan 24 percent of the rules that dodd frank has yet to implement haven't even been touched yet. Uh, if you thought financial reform and the compliance, the long arm of compliance here is um, intruding on an ability to do business, it's only going to get worse um, with yet a quarter of these rules yet to come. Uh, all right. So what do you know about the jobs report? I know it was pretty good. I was just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm checking out Denmark because I'm You look distracted. Interested. Yeah, so Denmark. Denmark's in, the, in a housing boom, as you might expect. One would think. I mean, with, with like a free financing, darn near free financing on real estate, you would think that it's just going nuts. Copenhagen saw home prices increase nearly 15% in 2013. $4,600 per square meter. <laughs> 4600 per square meter. And are those euro dollars? Or no, that's those, converted that's to U.S. Converted it's 25,000, whatever the Denmark currency is, per, per square, square meter. meter. So it's $4,600 U.S. dollars per square meter. Shoosh. How many square meters are there in a square foot? I got to think well, it's about... square feet in a square meter. Yeah, there's nine. It's three. roughly nine square feet, right? I think in it's a three. No? A meter is three feet, so don't you have nine little foot boxes in there? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, but you take your $4,000 figure and divide it by three. Wouldn't you? No, I think you'd divide one, it by nine. One foot is three meters. Mm, I think it's going to be closer to $500 a square foot, which isn't so outrageous as I was thinking when I'm looking at 4,600. No, there's a listing in Morro Bay right now for 500 bucks a square foot. Yeah, there are. Hey, we've got a caller on the line. We've got Marilyn from San Luis Obispo. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Marilyn. I was wondering, did you figure the monetary exchange for that 22% interest that they were charging on a loan? Um, no, it, but it, I don't think that's something that you It's in their own convert. currency, though. So it's not It's not that it crossing currency is what makes it equivalent to 22. It's that their rate to borrow their own money is literally at 22. So okay. it's kind of directly relative to if you did do all of that fancy converting, you'd find out at the same time it's about five times more expensive than it is here. Okay. That's yeah. what I was curious about. Thank yeah. you. 
You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Um, yeah. Go buy some houses in Denmark. <laughs> yeah, check out Denmark if you're interested. Is there a direct flight from Slow? I mean, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> there would be if we could make the runway bigger yeah. and get the people out of the way. So uh, yeah, unemployment. <laughs> unemployment was really the big headline of the week. There wasn't a lot of other significant economic news. Yeah, it comes out the first Friday of every month, kind of summarizes the prior month. Um, you know, it, I was actually just, I was kind of pleased with the jobs report this month is that um, I think my new expectation is just hopes that um, it's more than 200,000. But not too much? Yeah, I don't know. I, no, I mean, even if it was, if we started having months where it was 300000 a month for months in a row, that would be pretty cool. More importantly, we need to see some wage growth. And, you know, this jobs report is certainly discussed as like, we've been averaging over 200000 a month all year long now. Um, Nine straight months. Yeah, it's and it's looking great as far as continuing to add a pretty moderate amount of jobs. But to put that into perspective, that that those jobs added every month over two hundred thousand nine months in a row that hasn't happened since nineteen ninety five. Right. So that's it's very good news to see us creating those jobs, um, but still, when you get in there and read the report, you still can't help but notice um, we're missing the the um, wage growth numbers. We still need. I mean, it's like plus point one percent, which is virtually flat. And um, I'm still a big believer that that's the next the next round of, of economic improvement. We're going to keep seeing. I feel like it just makes common sense. It's and going to happen. Maybe here. some of these things defy common sense to some degree. But yeah, it's like, you know, the jobs have to be relatively scarce before you're going to see the wages grow. And for a while here, it was like. We don't have enough jobs because there isn't enough business. There's not enough consumers. Everything's sort of dormant right now. So why would we be paying you more for the products you're making that we're selling less of at a lower price? And now we're beginning to see across the, the spectrum in, in every industry, we're seeing good jobs. And not it's not these numbers aren't mind-blowingly good of 200,000 jobs a month, but it's getting on the right track. And then eventually, um, like, so yesterday in one of the networking groups I go to, we had five different people in the group mention that they wanted, uh, were looking for um, somebody to hire. Wow. Yeah, and I, and I made the old, you know, you can usually count on me for some kind of a color commentary on that. And I made the comment of like, man, look at what a difference a couple years makes in the economy. A few years ago, we were all, so this is a group of like business owners, right? We were all basically going, yeah, I'm, I'm just putting all the hats back on. Uh, when my business was growing, you start taking some of the hats off and delegating a little. You do that. You do that. We'll hire this firm for that. And, you know, it's like as you just focus on on production and making money, you you begin to um, to delegate a little bit. You can afford to outsource and hire somebody. We went through this season where everybody in there was basically like, you know, I'm now the guy that empties the oil out of the fry machine instead of the dude that used to just count the money. And now all these guys are talking about needing help. And one of the main reasons they're needing help is that their people are accepting positions at other firms that are willing to pay more and say, there you go. That's what it is. 
when it starts to when our business is healed to the point where we're able to to have um, a little bit more profitability, we begin to plan for growth again, and we're putting emphasis in those directions, then we begin to recruit and attract talent from other agencies. And then that's where you're going to start to see the wages begin to lift. And I felt like that was one of the first times here locally in the last five years that I felt that where people were saying, that's where I am in my business is having to, I'm looking for people and I'm losing people. And it's, and it's beginning to be focused on um, the quality and pay rate of the job. Yeah. The, the key word that you used was talent. Yeah. There's, there's a limited <laughs> amount of talent out there. There's a lot of people who need jobs, but there's a, there's less people who are talented who need jobs or need a better job. And right. as we're, you know, quickly approaching a 5% unemployment, we're now at 5.8% unemployment rate nationally. The closer we get to that 5% figure, the the more there's going to be a squeeze on the amount of talent available. Sure. And so employers are going to have to start paying more to either retain or attract that, that talented So employee. that's got to be the next lift, right? Isn't that just logically coming? Um, it feels like that's what happens next. And of course, we'll keep an eye on it and keep bringing you guys up to speed. But um, it just... Kind of, I know we talk a little bit about this, and maybe um, enough of you care that it's worth mentioning. Uh, on Wednesday, we usually get the ADP numbers. ADP being the payroll company that more or less prints paychecks for the country. They're a private enterprise that's big enough to kind of have a good idea. Um, they're fun to watch every month. They make a prediction ahead of um, the Labor Department. And sometimes they're right spot on, and sometimes they're really not. Um, but anyway, they they expected us to create, um, to add more jobs, and um, they said 230,000 jobs. And, um, you know, it came out that actually the jobs created there were 214,000. So they overshot it by only about 5%, but kind of right there in the wheelhouse. Um, and then, of course, the other big news was that there were some upward revisions to the prior month that mean... The job market's perhaps a little bit uh, more firm now than we even thought it was a month ago, which is good news. That's all you really want to see is just um, some good growth. Keep it in the right direction. Definitely don't lose any of the headwind that we've been trying hard to make. So so that's uh, all in all. You got to say it's pretty good, good news there. As far as um, the unemployment rate. I think it's still hovering around about half of that drop is from people not looking. But the good news is, is that half of that drop is from people that got a good job. So, um, you know, right there in the middle, the middle ground there somewhere is that that's that's relatively um, cool. And um, man, how could we not uh, be thrilled about that as we're heading into retail season? Right. Isn't this isn't this retail season? Yeah, it's already November. It. Only what did I hear on Friday? Forty-five days until Christmas. That's wild. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go put my Christmas tree up today. I'm ready now. Don't you do that the day after Thanksgiving? That's what you're that's what you're supposed to do. You should probably do it on Thanksgiving now that some of the stores are gonna open on Thanksgiving Day instead of Black Friday. They're just gonna go ahead and open up at four o'clock on Thursday. Pretty soon, they're just going to have to say that they're opening on Monday for Black Friday, right before Thanksgiving, because they want to be first. 
It was Jimmy. Yeah, that's what they're doing now. They're, now they're just not closing. It's just, <laughs> we opened in 1979 for Black Friday. <laughs> Come on down and get it. We never close. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon said that. Uh, the, so I guess it's J.C. Penny that's opening at four o'clock on Thanksgiving Day, and he's like, "So now all you have to do is go find one of the three remaining J.C. Pennies in the country." Mm. Uh, <laughs> not I, man. I assure you, at four o'clock on Thanksgiving Day, I shall not be shopping. Not a, no. I won't even be considering shopping. It won't even be one of those things where you're like, "Well, if I just had more energy, I'd go shopping." I'm just not. There's no part of me that's going shopping. For I see anything. all three of us parked in front of a television watching football. Little football. Yeah. Little football. <laughs> Got the 49ers and, and, on and Thanksgiving JC, night. And that JCPenney, the, the televisions there were not even anywhere close to one at JCPenney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Or any other store. No. no. To be just fine. Be, be just yeah. fine making sure that my couch doesn't float away again. <laughs> <laughs> right there. there hey, it guys. It's 941, which means we need to do our uh, second commercial break here of the show. Uh, do stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, everybody, welcome back. 
Oh, the festive music reminds me that, um, oh, Dan, we're closed on Tuesday, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think it's a catch-up day. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to generously offer that to our staff as a catch-up day. <laughs> yeah, we weren't going to do that, by the way, back many moons ago. We were going to be very clear about uh, closing the office on the days that it deserved to be closed. So, uh, but yeah, Tuesday's Veterans Day. And I just thought to myself, um, we should probably just mention a couple of the highlights about VA loans on account of... Um, that seems very timely. Well, and I was at this unbelievably great website the other day. What was it? Centralcoastlending.com. Navigated my way over to the rates page and was... Man, I just couldn't help but notice the VA interest rate is really low. And, um, it, you know, it really honestly just reminded me that VA are, you know, and I, I won't talk about this for a long time. I realize it doesn't affect everybody. But for, for a good long while, let me back up. Department of Veteran Affairs created a home loan program as a benefit to um, – active, retired, um, reserve, various arms of the um, armed forces in the country. And if you are eligible, then you have, I think, a phenomenal benefit in being able to get a VA loan. Uh, most of the time, it's 100% financing. There's um, pretty minimal fees. In fact, the VA is very careful to make sure that the, the veteran doesn't get taken advantage of by paying a bunch of junk fees. Some of the fees that aren't even junk fees, they're just a part of normal transactions. The VA just said, nope, if you want to make these loans that we um, guarantee and insure, uh, you won't charge that. So decide or not. And so in the industry, it, it is the program that has the lowest fees. Uh, it also generally has the lowest interest rate. And the reason I want to point that out is that that wasn't always the case. Uh, for a while, the VA interest rates were higher than the conventional interest rate. So oftentimes we'd have a, a veteran come in with some down payment, um, you know, if, especially if they were selling a house and buying a new one, and you wouldn't even consider the VA loan. Just kind of go, that's oh, great, you're a vet, thanks for your service. Uh, conventional loan's where you want to be. Um, the VA rate was higher, plus it has some kind of funding fee on it typically, and it just wasn't worthwhile. Today, Man, the VA loans the most smoking rate every day. It beats every program there is. So it's a great thing if you're a veteran or you know somebody that is that wants to get um, get their house bought or perhaps refinance the house they already have. Um, what a cool program. And the other thing that I want to say about it, so, so if you bring it up to somebody, say, hey, you know, I heard that VA is a great loan program and you're a vet. Have you looked into it? Yeah, I looked into it and it's not that great of a program. They're working on yesteryear's information. So you can advise them to give us a call. The other thing about it is that from yesteryear, they never allowed you to refinance a conventional loan into a VA loan. So when the program got better and the rates dropped and the program got more aggressive and started to say, that's a really, really good program now. I'd like to have that loan. Um, and it happened around the time that people started losing their equity, right, over this last recession. Um, you had some folks coming in going, hey, I got this wonky loan. It's a first and a second and it's interest only and it's got 
um, you know, adjustable rate nature to it. And I don't know what to do about it, uh, but I'm a veteran. And the, the VA said, well, no, we don't do that. You have to already have a VA loan to do a VA refi. And then enough vets came forward saying, I could really use the help right now that they listened and they opened the program up to everybody. So um, everybody that has a loan, if you're a vet, you could refinance into a VA loan. That's a new thing. So again, that's one new way the program's been expanded to help more people. Um, and you still get those incredibly low interest rates. Um, so I would just encourage you guys, if you're, if you're thinking about it or know somebody that is, um, it, it's a loan program that we offer and it's one that we're, um, I like to think we're good at all of them, but we do enough VA loans around here that we're good. Uh, we know how to do it. We're, we're fluent in the language there. So if you need that help, come forward. Um, and otherwise, happy Veterans Day to everybody. Enjoy a day off. You said you're not getting. Not a day everyone off. has a day off. I think. I know. Uh, we're, Dan, we're you can have the day here. off. I'll have the day off. Jim, you know what? Why don't you take the day I'll off take too, day buddy? Off. Okay. You deserve it. I will. Yeah. I'll just go show up. It'll that? probably be one of these nice fall days where you can go take a trip down, you know, the Bob Jones and get your get your toes in the sand, buddy. I love that. You deserve Actually, it, the Bob Jones. That's a cool trail. It is very cool. Ah. <sighs> Well, now, Dan, do you have something to say? Just, just following the lead here. He's gonna, um, he's gonna wait and see what I do next. <laughs> Waiting. Yeah. You know what I when Jason I put, didn't have something to say for when a I put all my notes together this week. I know you guys think I just like ad lib this whole thing, but when I put all my notes together this week. Um, which by the way, I buttoned a lot of these up yesterday with my flu head and, um, I didn't bold the things. Uh, usually I bold the keywords in like each sentence so that I can quickly reference back to what I was trying to say. Not this time. Um, now this is, this isn't necessarily a complicated thing, but it came up this week a little bit. So I thought we'd just chat a little bit about it. Um, GDP looks like it's probably getting corrected downward. Um, GDP, one of the things we learned this last week that had an impact here is that um, the trade deficit widened 43, um, to $43 billion in September. Um, it was only $40 billion in the month of August. And I think this is probably a snoozer topic for most people, but I also think it's kind of an important thing um, I was talking to my dad last week about Walmart. I said, oh, you know, dad, they're going to put a Walmart in a Tascadero. And if you're from a Tascadero, um, you probably have a, a, you know, some opinion or one side or the other that you want it. You want the jobs it creates. You want the tax base it brings into the city or you hate it and you hate the impact and you hate seeing it and the noise pollution and how the, the city's just going to hell in a handbasket for even considering letting a Walmart into town. Uh, I'm not going to say how I feel about it, um, whatever. You can decide for yourself. But so I was talking to my dad. said, they're putting a Walmart in Tassadero. My dad, in some pretty true Mr. Grody form, says, eh, I heard Walmart's going to start putting more emphasis on U.S.-made products, try to recruit back some people like me that won't shop there. And I thought, ah, that's interesting. Um 
I don't hear enough people where when you hear something about a business that's opening, I don't hear enough people caring about whether or not those products are imported. It's, so it is interesting though, Jason, I interrupt you because when Sam Walton had it, that was more of the emphasis. Made yeah, it was made in the USA. And now everything that's in that place, not everything. They're mm -hmm. Again, they're trying to get back to their roots. But a lot of the products in the store became imported. And mm -hmm. so this thing here where you could hear this is usually a second-tier number in economic reporting. Somebody talks about the trade deficit widening. And you say, eh, I don't care too much about that. This is something to care about. And this is something that uh, matters. And here's a great reason why. We went from having a $40 billion a month trade deficit to $43 billion. And what that means is when it's a deficit, we're importing more than we're exporting. When the deficit is from a widening of that, um, it's because we're importing too much stuff. And when you import too much, that cuts down on what America will produce for ourselves to be able to export. So there you see that your consumer choices reduce that opportunity here for us to have the road robust GDP growth that we're looking for. So um, I know that was kind of a little windy road, but the point is spend a little bit more time to make sure that you're where you can, you're buying things that are produced here on American soil. It is what then creates the jobs, recirculates the dollar and builds a better economy for us all here at home. And of course that's what we want. And now we actually need a better economy um, more than ever, I think, now with this new expensive cost of housing and healthcare. Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> it's Those things are expensive. So we need to be creating more jobs at higher wages and having quality American goods. Most of the time, that stuff that you're buying from like, you know, I want to say China. China's not the only not the only place and it's not their fault they're producing throwaway crap because we're willing to buy it um, but you're not getting quality goods from that like when it comes here it's usually junk anyway so you could seek out the american counterpart that's going to be more expensive and then hopefully is going to last a little bit no nah? yeah buy american <laughs> Dan just the cynic, the cynic in me starts thinking about the cars, like yeah. car industry. <laughs> and you hey. talk about quality, but all I hear about is recalls. <laughs> I made it. I made it here today in my American-made car. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I, it, yeah, how it, much time has that thing spent in the shop lately? Way more than your Toyota, <laughs> I assure you. But hey, dude, how many mechanics are you employing? <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm, Do not, your part. I'm not doing my part. Do your part. You're right. You're right. Well, I'm creating jobs where I have to go to I have to go to Napa. They are good friends down there at Napa. <laughs> um, you laugh at me, Dan. And I know I spend a lot of money in Napa. Uh, you see the bills every month. I spend money there in Napa. The dudes down here at Napa. Um, they know me. Mike, they're <laughs> listening to the show right now. In fact, we did their loan. And uh, Mike, buddy, I love you. I still think I made more money off you than you have off me. Um, Ooh, he's catching up. <laughs> he's catching up. It probably passed. <laughs> but anyway, here's the point. Um, it's a... Napa is a great business. First of all, I want to say that I'm eternally thankful for those guys, especially um, Mike, because he's a client of mine. Um, but anyway, yeah, 
Your your Japanese car is probably taking less maintenance than my American car. And when you're ready to hook up and like tow a house over a big tall mountain, you'll wish you were in my truck instead of yours. You so let me know when there. you need to tow a space shuttle. All right, I'm there for you. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that wasn't even true, was it? Yeah, it, it was. Actually, was yeah. They towed it through Los Angeles. Yeah, a stock okay. tundra. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was in the commercial. I'll, Watch I'll the commercial. To, I'll Google it. I'll Google it during the break. I don't even care. Yeah. I like Tundras. You know, I'm not going to say anything bad about it. You know what? Ironically, too, your Tundra was made in the USA. It's not an American car, but it's made and assembled here in the USA. That's why it's not as dependable as the ones that are <laughs> built actually in Japan. Wow. Uh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> um. So let's see here. Uh, yeah, the trade deficit thing, we already did that. Oh, there's the pictures of the space shuttle. Um, who did that, by Notice the way? Notice the truck that's pulling it. Who did tunnel. that? Why? This is like the epitome of what we're talking about. What's more American than NASA? And then they like they pin the space shuttle to uh, a Tundra, and that's that's the thing? I don't know. What it was Toyota, Toyota paid the most money to do it. Probably. What's yeah. more American than that? Yeah. Paying a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. For your. <laughs> What's more American than wasting your than, money to be in the spotlight? Than outbidding the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Huh. <clears throat> Dude, I really, I am legitimately completely out of things to talk about. It was kind of that. It was that kind of week. It was a quiet week. Next week's going to be kind of a, a quiet business week because of the holiday, right? Right mm. in the middle of the week. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's I, business is, is steady and busy for uh, for this time of year. A lot of transactions still happening. Oh, definitely. I, I actually several times this week I was talking with staff and just we're excited about um, what's going on right now. Um, business wise, it's fun to be heading into November and be, I mean, I had, um, three different days this week where I was at the office way later than I, um, usually am. And it's nice to be that busy in November where usually the, the, uh, real estate and mortgage business kind of hibernates for a handful of weeks. I mean, who wants to be dealing with open houses and all that, like, around Thanksgiving or around Christmas or when, you know, and I think the other thing too is, um, you know, in December, like in my house, it, it gets busier. And one thing is that the kids are out of school. And so then it's all of the activities surrounding keeping them entertained and um, doing something. And it's just not the time that you want to be dealing in a big financial transaction and the crummy weather and everything. So it's a usually a snoozer, but Right now, with rates as low as they are, and the real estate business as hot as it is, and it's at least locally, it's as competitive as it needs to be. Every time um, I'm dealing in a transaction lately, there seems like there's always that backup offer that's just right there, or the other several people they beat out. And you know, if you hit any roadblocks at all, they love to remind you and your buyers of that. Um, you know, there was an all cash backup offer that came minutes after yours. Hey guys, that's the sound for the top of the hour break. 
I uh, do want to remind you that we have a whole other hour to come. we got some guests on the show. We're going to be talking uh, real estate and development. So do stick around. It's going to be fun. We'll be back in about five minutes with more Mortgage Matters. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Okay, now it's it's 10.05. We got just one more hour to go. Got a couple guests here in the studio. Um, I think some radio first-timers, right? We have Kathy and, and Greg with us, and um, we're excited to have you guys on. First of all, thanks for being here today. And if you're nervous, don't be. Um, Dan, he's in here just to sort of be the barometer of just like messing it up the whole way through. So um, I'm going to mess things up? Yeah, just to help everyone feel more comfortable. Oh, I'll be comic relief. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so Kathy Curtis, you're a real estate agent? I am, yes. Right? And then Greg Nestor, the builder. Correct. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a golfer. I, I, I have my see my golf hat on today. My golf half hat, and um, gonna go play golf after the show. But I feel like whenever I'm up on the mesas, where I see your name, there's signs up there. You, I think. You, so I want to know um, the projects you built around, so that people kind of first of all can get uh, kind of up to speed with what they're. Your houses you've built are probably in their neighborhood. Well, in 31 years, there's a lot of opportunities. So um, uh, we have been working on the Mesa for, um, gosh, maybe 15 years in a pretty prolific fashion there. Um, I'm building my 22nd career subdivision right now, and probably the last uh, 15 of those have been on the Mesa. So... Uh, we've done Vista Roble phase one and two and phase two where three-fourths of the way through that we've got three more to build we just uh, started trenching uh, footings on another one this morning um, Oakcrest Estates um, gosh Kathy what else have we done Villaggio we did a couple of uh, phases in the Black Lake uh, subdivision we're currently um, uh, near recording a map on the uh, westerly edge of uh, the Black Lake uh, Golf Course properties. That's our Westgate subdivision. That's uh, one-acre parcels, and that one has uh, got paved streets, and we're nearing uh, vertical construction on that particular one. We've, uh, we've done commercial projects. We built the, the Craig Center where J.J.'s Market is and that uh, particular uh, piece there, and... Um, uh, the uh, Willow Markets, another one that I entitled and built the structure on that uh, particular thing there. But uh, uh, just lots of houses. Uh, we've probably done 300 houses in, in the Pomo over the last 15 uh, plus or minus years. Yeah. See, I told you. I told you, Dan. I was right. This dude's <laughs> built stuff everywhere. Um, now, I, I want to – I don't know that we'll talk about this the whole time, but I'm dying to kind of find out um, – I, you guys have never listened to the show before, right? We this is not. all news to right. you. All right, so um, welcome, you Thank guys. You. This is going to be life changing for you. Now, every Saturday, you'll wake up and be listening to Mortgage Matters. Uh, the the loyal following knows that I grew up. Uh, my my dad's a builder, 
And so I grew up in that, and I I feel like I understand it, um, you know, pretty well. And I'm just curious to to talk a little bit about um, how this how this go for you guys the last the last ten years here are kind of brutal, um, but you're still here. And as you mentioned, you got stuff going in the ground today, so you made it. First of all, congratulations. Um, that's actually quite a feat. And, uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I've, I've had to comment to this topic a handful of times and it, it kind of starts off with the summary, you know, one day you don't decide to be a developer and one day you d don't decide to not be a developer. So, right. you know, it's an evolution and, uh, it was true for my career, you know, starting at the bottom, uh, of, of the ladder there. Uh, laying shakes in Santa Maria in 1983 for a developer there and um, then kind of moved up into supervision uh, uh, position there and then uh, went on to uh, build on my own and then develop on my own. So it, it, it's just been a 30-year evolution in, in the career and in the industry and, and from there um, you know, I've, I've survived in uh, a number of the ups and downs, you know, I mean, it's, did this one feel different? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. You know, I mean, uh, I, I don't know that anybody imagined the severity of, of what we were all facing as, as it was unfolding and kept unfolding. But, you know, one of the simple principles for every action, there's a reaction. And I, I think we had an unprecedented, uh, high in, in sales volumes and property values, uh, or perceived values at least. And then, uh, and then as a reaction to that, we had a, a, uh, a very big dip that, um, uh, had a, a lot of tolls that were paid throughout the industry. So I think it's kind of fascinating that today real estate values are almost back to what they were. I mean, you could find extremes where they've not made it all the way back, but it, it sort of feels like it's kind of back there to normal. And um, this go around, everybody that, that bought a house or has um, a, a house with a loan on it, they've had, they have a loan they fully qualified for, and it's like a fully amortized, normal, predictable loan. And we constantly hear about how the affordability index is so squeezed that it's expensive for us to own these houses. However, with wage growth that's ultimately been stagnant since like 02 now, um, we can all afford this again. And the perception of real estate again is that it's a stable thing. So it to me, it ends up I kind of. I, I sort of have trouble even still wrapping my mind all the way around how the general uh, attitude concerning real estate five years ago was get rid of it. It's overvalued. Nobody could afford it. And it truly went undervalued for way too long. I mean, I, I read a, an article this week and, and maybe you can speak to it a bit, but basically saying how, um, you know, five years ago, four years ago, you really couldn't build a house for what they were selling for. So right i mean it was just we're selling homes for price per square foot less than the materials that are going into it so what is it how do you make money in that environment it's you're not building you're not you're not doing what you should be doing so that kind of caught back up and now the spread between what it costs to buy a house and the cost to build a house i read is more than seventy thousand bucks and that difference that's the biggest that it's been in um i think it said since like the 60s or something so 
Um, I feel like that's probably a pretty good indication of how much uh, pent-up demand there is for new construction and how this is probably going to be one of the best boom cycles you've ever seen. You feel that way? Are you that optimistic about it? Well, I, I'm listening intently to all of your facts and figures there and, uh, and uh, would be really uh, enthralled to think that that was my reality. But it, I, I would say it's not my reality. No? And, and uh, you know, I can remember vividly when uh, prices were what they were and, and, you know, what the margins were and what we were buying and developing land for. And I, I'm not realizing or recognizing the exact math that you're throwing out on the table. Um, uh, we're not selling houses for the the pricing that we were uh, getting five years ago. We're we may be a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars less than that in some cases. So um, uh, we're working as hard now as we did uh, twenty five years ago. To be honest, you know, it's a whole different program. We've had to uh, develop methodologies in construction, uh, labor management, labor gatherings to uh, try to. Um, keep our construction costs down to find and create a margin because uh, uh, the, it's just not a wide open market as, as um, you might suggest there in some of your facts. But um, uh, some of the things that I do agree with wholly are supply and demand. You know, the, um, the industry, the development industry uh, didn't really produce any lots for many years. Um, Westgate, uh, 16 lots there that we're working on uh, uh, off of Willow Road right there. That particular project is the the first um, uh, land development that I've done since 07. Mm -hmm. And while we were building 30, 40, and 50 units a year on, su on subdivision lands that we developed, um, we have not done any of that type of work since that period in time. So... Um, there was, uh, you know, absorption of those properties. There was a whole transfer of wealth that went on throughout this industry. And, um, and uh, there's some properties that were left. There's a couple local developers that have purchased the bulk of a lot of those and the REOs and so forth. And uh, so that has brought some health back to the supply and demand um, portion of, of the building and development industry and, and finally created um, some room for someone like myself to earn enough money to pay the bills. But uh, you were right beforehand, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't take the raw land and the sticks and bricks and add them together and be worth the one that was in trouble down the street. You know, if I had an A plan I was quoting for a client, um, uh, it wouldn't be a very uh, long period of time before I would get a call to say, hey, we found one of your A plans. It's down the street and we can buy it for 160000 less or 60000 less. Or, mm -hmm. you know, and all we need to do is take the Corian out and put the granite in and, you know, do the 30 or 40 grand in upgrades that we've done since that particular era and put those products in there. And, you know, the rear yard was landscaped and it was ready to go. So, that was an era that, um, you know, Kathy and I um, both kind of commiserated through because we had to let that uh, portion of the market kind of flush through the system because we could not compete with that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, there 
that goes back to the uh, quote-unquote heartbeat uh, uh, lender era there. If you had a heartbeat and you could sign that paper, then there was a high chance you'd get a loan. Yeah. So. During, uh, during that that period where you know you guys are figuring out how yeah some of it you just have to let go by right i mean these houses got to get soaked up before we can get get through that and and start selling houses for realistic numbers again um and as we're heading back to that period of time right now how much harder is it with the new i mean new the new title 24 right new taxes all of the you know, from what I saw, I went down and bought some lumber recently is working on my chicken coop. And I was kind of shocked to see that they're just adding extra little per stick taxes on that. So I imagine all that stuff keeps you kind of in the chokehold right now, huh? Well, this particular year has been uh, maybe one of the most graphic uh, layers of state government um uh, transferring costs to construction, you know, uh, VOC uh, off-gassing components in construction are now monitored. Uh, the uh, state has, uh, you know, extensions of the Clean Water Act that are contributing to a lot of uh, storm uh, water and runoff details that we're adding to uh, uh, plans uh, that generate cost. And the new Title 24 is uh, uh, clearly, in my mind, this is the biggest step up that has resulted in uh, costs and monitoring and compliance so yeah this particular year is probably the result of two or three years of discussions on these t uh, topics that have now resulted in additional sheets on plans and costs and uh, the houses haven't seems like doing it's a, it feels to me like the timing of it is is not very good you got you got the construction industry more or less on life support, so we decided to do like elective surgery on it during that period. Does it feel like it's the long arm of the law is just wanting you to be done? I mean, I realize that, and, and this has been the case for us, the compliance piece of our business over the last five years has been unbelievable. Uh, very expensive, time-consuming, but also um, one of the frustrations for us is that it's not very clear um, with the different agencies and what they expect, um, it's not very clearly laid out. So we're constantly trying to do our best to to meet everybody's standards and requirements, but there has to be this feeling, at least for us, that what are we missing or whatever. In your place, you get, you know, you know when the taxes are added or what the new requirements are, and going through plan check, at least there's somebody behind you to to keep you. Um, from getting into too much trouble, but how it's got to just feel like doing all of this right now is just totally counterproductive, right? Well, you know, there's never a good time to raise fees. You buy property in a certain market, and then by the time you get to the market, things have changed considerably. But, you know, I, I'm going to say that I've been on both sides of that a number of times. So we've been there when the wave went up, and then we have went there when the when the wave crashed. So... Um, the ability to forecast and project those and put them in your pro formas and, and you know, understand what your uh, uh, costs are is always important and part of what you, we try to do responsibly. But, um, yeah, this particular timing coming off of the worst dip in my career by far, um, it's hard to add more layers to it, slow it down, and, and make it cost more. You know, it's just... Um, the bottom line is, is that... Um... I mean, you're squeezed 
probably everyone throughout is squeezed all at the same time the workman's comp is higher and the health insurance is higher and payroll taxes are higher all throughout it's getting a little bit harder um it usually ends up at the consumer though right well the bottom line you know i mean it it does drive the cost up uh, but it it doesn't necessarily drive values uh, all the layers of, of compliance that have been added since December, uh, I don't think has created another nickel's uh, worth uh, in the consumer's mind as far as should I pay more for this house because <laughs> right. these guys are compliant to three new layers of state regulation that's trickled down through over the last couple of years and just happened to be enforced, you know, in the last six, eight months. So I don't know. I mean, in the end, uh, when we look back on these Well, homes, and if no other reason, though, and I guess just to clarify what I mean by my statement is when it's more expensive to consumer, as you guys sit down to budget out a project, you're coming down to it based on all of these additional requirements and fees and taxes and everywhere as it adds up, you actually end up facing decision of, um, and not a simple one, but do I do it or not? Is, is there a profit enough there to warrant the risk to survive going into the market and what it means, you know, how long it takes to get in and out and doing the whole thing as a developer, you're going to make the decision as to whether or not you're bringing that. One of the reasons why real estate values have done what they've done for the last 24 months, in my opinion, is an absent, uh, absence of new construction. So you have to the consumer, it is actually getting more expensive and maybe not as we look at just the house that you're going to build and sell the Smiths, but the overall value of housing throughout the state um, and even just our county due to the lack of inventory. And that lack of inventory comes from for years not being able to build because we had to sell all these homes that were um, less than what their parts were worth. And now we've made it more expensive to build. Um, and so the builder then stands and says, I, you know, it, it maybe now it's time or maybe it's not. But absent of all of that activity, that lack of inventory has people fighting to pay more for the home that is for sale in town. You know, that's the part I think makes it more expensive for everyone. Well, I, I would agree with that. And, um, uh, you know, from, from my standpoint, the way that I do this, it's, it's kind of a, uh, a slang term here. It's kind of the napkin theory, you know, uh, we can figure this stuff out. There's all kinds of science, but there's only about five headlines, you know, and it starts with, uh, what product are you willing to put out there? How much is it going to sell? How much is it going to cost to build it? What are your soft costs? And then what's the land value? So the answer to your question, I think, more so than the mechanics and the parts of the house, it's uh, land values. That's the one single component that's one of the headlines that drives the ultimate price. And when builders and, and uh, developers are successful, it's because they were able to purchase the land properly and they were able to develop it in an affordable, timely fashion. And that's the single most critical item, I think, in the net bottom line cost of the house. All right. So I've been wanting to get going on the on the um, investor side of being a developer. So where are we going to get this cheap land? <laughs> uh, it's not uh, here. Yeah, it's not here. It's not zoned here. Um, I've uh, attended county meetings for as many years as I can um, uh, bear to remember. 
And um, most of the uh, evolution of, of growth is um, not where we all want to have an address, you know, Shandon and um, North and just some of the areas that um, can receive growth with, you know, minimal impact, um, you know, socially and, and mechanically and um, primarily infrastructure is, is one of the limiting components. And of course, water is, is always the burning candle. So, um, you know, there has to be rezoning, there has to be higher densities in, in some areas potentially, and uh, those are big political hot topics. Is that coming? It's always coming. You know, it's just a, it's a push and a, and a give and take on what a balance is. I was out this week with a friend of mine that is in the city of slow and influential in terms of development and that kind of thing. And one of the things he kept talking about is how San Luis over the next 20 years, um, you know, and primarily San Luis Obispo city proper as we're talking, but with the green belts and open space and the different parcels of land that are in the Williamson act and all these are just not, it's not a whole lot more opportunity to go further out. And so, um, he was just saying he thinks it gets pretty cutthroat in here. And then I started thinking, you know, I can totally see that. I see how like a place like this gets mature and to that point where it is just left to infill and higher density. Um, but how do you, I mean, if look 30 years down the road, you know, maybe San Miguel is like then as bustling as a Tascadero or something, right? I mean, it, it probably happens. Um, but how do you buy that land now and hold that for that long? It seems like you just can't. Well, that's... Because it's know, not it's, ready to develop that way today, right? Because I don't want to live there. There's yeah, nothing there. That's land banking, you know, and you're just uh, out there prospecting in the development industry, hoping that... You know, it moves your way in waves. And... Feels like roulette. I'm going to throw this one squarely over the 23 and hope that in 20 years that one is the payoff. Yeah. Well, let me know when <laughs> when that day is and what direction you're going and uh, we'll compare notes. Yeah. Hey, uh, we do need to do a commercial break, take some time out here for the sponsors. So we'll be out for just a couple minutes. When we come back, we have more than half an hour left to go with these guys. Stick around. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right. Now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. If you're just joining us, you probably missed the good part, but we'll do our best to pick it up. Uh, we got a half an hour here to go. And so far, you've been listening to a whole lot of um, myself and Greg talk. So I think for the next minutes here, we're just going to, Dan and Kathy, you guys, what do you have to add? Well, the, great question. We haven't heard a lot from Kathy. And, <laughs> and so what I wanted to do is get a little bit of, of Kathy's story, figure out how she's involved in this uh in this whole process with greg building homes and and what's your role um in this in this whole thing kathy all right um greg and i have a unique partnership if you will i am an independent uh real estate agent i work for bishop hawk realty and obviously greg is the owner of his company greg nestor construction um a few years back about seven years ago um we decided that we would start working together. I'd start selling his homes at his different subdivisions. And he was obviously the builder developer. So that worked out in quite a different, a few different ways in regards to being an independent agent, I could find buyers on my own and then plug them into our new construction sites that we have going on. And um, so I sat at the model homes that we had at different subdivisions, like Greg mentioned, Villaggio at Black Lake, which you're aware of because you play golf. Mm -hmm. And um, then our second one that we had done was Vista Roble Phase 2, and that's right when the market started to crash for us. So um, we were left there with a few homes that we had to kind of fire sale to get out of a few things. And then from there is when we started building um, Los Palos, which is right next to Trilogy. And um, since then, we've just done different things. Um, Greg started uh, Westgate, which is right next to Black Lake, across the street from Trilogy. And then we're doing another really neat subdivision right now. It's called Villa Park Phase 2, which is on the bluff in the Napomo Mesa. Mm -hmm. And so once again, I'm the listing agent of the land with two other developers. And um, Greg is our preferred builder on there to build all those homes out. So, they so they'll be custom homes, those ones? Uh, well, we like to say semi-custom slash custom. Okay. So we have our standard 10 to 11 floor plans that Greg builds. 
Um, when we talk about cost of building homes, those homes, if you pick one of those, they're more cost effective to build one of those versus a custom home. We definitely do custom homes and we modify. I want to know, before we move on from that, I want to know, and, and just for everybody's sake, that first of all, a lot of the people that listen to our show and a lot of our existing clientele are particularly interested in knowing about the new projects and what's the next the next hot thing. Right. And I like to always add value for these people of learning a little bit about what they're getting and why they're and why they're getting it. Mm -hmm. On those plans that you build, you said there's 10 or 11 floor plans or something. Can you talk about what it is in the way that you're building those, the similarity or the, the purchase, the design, the plans that are already done? What makes those a little bit more affordable? Well, I mean, it's it's a calculated commodity. I mean, we uh, keep score on the, on the math of these. You know, we go in with our educated estimates and and uh, quotes that we get from the primary subs, and then we monitor costs through the process, and then we update the uh, cost breakdowns on the individual floor plans based on the economic and material changes that affect the cost. So. Um, it's a very tight margin from our end. It's a very calculated uh, mm -hmm. quantity. Um, the subcontractors have built them before. There's no uh, gray areas, mistakes, or errors on the plan, so they can get in and get out and uh, and earn the monies that they expected there in a timely manner. We can build them in a production manner. Uh, architectural fees are minimized. We just have to update them with the current codes and so forth so there's a lot of value for all of the players involved in that respect perfect as you were <laughs> oh thank you thank you yeah so going back to picking one of our floor plans exactly what he just said he's been working with most of his subs for a very long time so you can walk in our office or call me at any day and say i want to build this a floor plan on this lot here and how much is it going to cost me literally all he does is go in and he you know, prints out a cost breakdown and will tell you exactly how how much everything costs versus building a custom home. Then we have to go out to our engineers, our construction design, and da 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 da. da. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then budget for unknowns and waste and right. some flub factor as you know, right. leave some fat in it just to be care careful and safe. Exactly. So that's a good point that you're bringing up because a lot of times as a real estate agent, I always get questioned is, you know, well, it's funny because I'll go with this builder and he's, I'm just using example numbers here, but you know, he only costs $100 a square foot to build. And why is it that Greg costs $150 a square foot to build? And like I always say everything and, you know, compare apples with apples. So once again, going back to having the same subs, doing it over and over and over, when Greg gives you a proposal, it's everything. It's a turnkey house. So when he signs a contract and says it's going to cost $550,000 to build this house, it's going to cost you $550,000 unless you as a buyer decide to change something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And at that time, we give you a piece of paper. It's called a buyer change request. And he bids it right on there and says, okay, this is how much it's going to cost. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. So even with saying that his semi-custom homes that we're talking about, he doesn't say you're going to get this A-floor plan and it's going to look just like this. The semi-custom comes from where he says you get to pick the elevation, not meaning how high the house is on the lot, meaning 
the style, the sure. front of the home. Um, you get to pick your granite, your tile, your carpeting, and we give you a budget. We don't have you just go in a showroom and say, here's our six standard tiles that you can have. But if you want these, that's going to cost you an extra X amount of dollars. You get to go to the places that we work with and pick out what you want. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. In addition to the floor plans, what's really cool is you can modify the floor plans as long as it's possible, you're able to modify it. So let's say in your master bedroom, you want the, the exterior wall out by eight feet. You can do that. If you want a fireplace in there, you can do it as long as it's possible. The great thing is, which Greg didn't cover, is he has different degrees and, you know, he has a degree in engineering, construction, all these things. So when we sit down at a table, we're able to go, okay, this is possible and this isn't. You know what I mean? Where I always say, paint me the picture so that we can paint it to Greg. And then we can have a successful meeting when we all sit down. Yeah. Right? Makes good sense. So I'm curious as a consumer how the whole the process from the beginning works. You're offering lots for sale where we're, we're going to look at building a semi-custom or custom home on the lot. Are you? Ex is it expected that the buyer purchase that land or are they putting down a deposit? Or, or so how, how is that part working? Right. So that's a great question. So the nice thing is, is we're Greg and I are very diverse on what we do and the way that we kind of run what we have going on or a lot of different ways. So there's one which is, you know, Westgate over by Black Lake, right? So that when we have actual building packages, they get to pick their lot, they could purchase their lot up front, and then we build the house, right? And they put down a deposit on the lot. Then we have other subdivisions like Vista Robley Phase 2, which we're getting ready to start a spec house right now, which he was talking about. So that's where we are already in construction, and we have a set price on what that's going to be. And then once again, you pay a deposit until the home is finished. Even though it's still under, you know, construction, you can still make the selections. That's what's really nice about working with Greg. One sure. of the neat opportunities for consumers. Out at Villa, Villa Park Phase 2, which we were talking about, um, once again, you pick your lot, you pick your floor plan that you want on there. And, um, you know, typically what happens is you purchase the lot up front, we help you get a construction loan, and then to finalize the loan after it's, you know, built. So, does that answer your question? It does, yeah. We've run into, um, you know, various ways that builders do the whole thing. So it is nice just to get an idea of how you guys do it. Um, is it just that part of the county that you're interested in working in? Or if somebody is listening today and has a, a lot up in the Coisters in Morro Bay where they, they must have a, a Greg Nestor home out there, are you doing those too? Or? We have built homes from uh, Buellton to uh, Santa Margarita. Uh, that's the, the area that we've focused on, Edna Valley. Um, we've done work in Santa Maria. Uh, so we've really worked all over the place. It's not that big of a deal to, to travel. We're all kind of spoiled here, to be honest, that we get to <laughs> work that close to home. And, uh, yeah. so, you know, I'm very comfortable with Buellton to Paso Robles actually as a good, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, window of, of opportunity to work in. Sure. And, you know, if the right opportunity presents itself, even down in Montecito or something like that, you know, we're open to going down there and building. It just depends on what it is. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, we got to work in one more commercial break. Yeah, let's do that now. We get that out of the way and give us a solid little run at the last part of the show. 
I do want to talk a little bit about some of those projects. I, I imagine you guys have homes right now that you're building that aren't yet sold. Right, we do. All right, I want to talk a little bit about that. Stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks for being with us. Um, man, I look up at the clock. I, I can't even believe it's November 8th. Um, hey, as a builder, Greg, you got to be a little bit of a weather forecaster too, right? Well, I grew up in Oregon, and it hasn't really rained since 83. <laughs> so, but, yeah. uh, a couple times they call it El Nino. Right. But uh, We're supposed to have one of those here soon, by the way. Well, I, I've heard it coming and i've heard it going so i'm i'm not so sure um unfortunately in in my opinion poll that i gather and listen to uh quote unquote experts you know it, it sounds like uh maybe we're not going to get as much as we were hoping for and and i don't know that we'll recognize an el nino year here but uh maybe we will so it, it did as it did for many years it rained on halloween night 
but uh, I haven't heard anything in the forecast. When I was a kid, um, I lived up in Big Bear, and it snowed. Halloween was usually like the first snow of the year, and it was uncanny how it happened on that day. So that's kind of an association that I have with Halloween. And one thing I noticed is that as years went on, it got later and later in the year that the first snow came. And um, so this year, seeing Halloween bring some first weather makes me think maybe we are actually going to see some real weather this winter. Nice. Let's, Let's hope, hope so. anyway. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, brown grass in front of my house isn't as dire as the empty reservoirs <laughs> around the state, but it, it sure would be nice to have water everywhere. So... Um, as usually happens during the break, we get going on some conversations that start to get a little bit of legs, and then it's time to get back on here. Um, and so I just I wanted to talk with you guys a little bit about, you know, some of the people that are listening today are just opportunistic. They just want to know what's what is the next thing? Um, where is the development that they should point the car at today as they're out checking out open houses and stuff? Um, so I'm curious. um First of all, yeah, tell me, I teased before the break, but I want to know, you guys must have some homes right now that are in process, maybe even done, but I would think in process where somebody can come in and pick their upgrades and kind of get it finished off the way they want and get themselves into a house right now. Right, we do. Actually, our, our project right now, Vista Roble Phase 2, which you can go to vistaroblephase2.com and um, look at the site map and uh, we have a house there that we're getting ready to start which that one you can still come in and purchase um, we haven't actually started marketing on that home yet typically what happens is once sticks go in the air literally we put the house in escrow uh -huh. so um and that's kind of what's happened so far is most of the homes that we have under construction are already pre-sold um so but we do have that opportunity right now at vista roble phase two um villa park phase2.com that's another one that you can go to look at that plot map you could pick your floor plan pick your lot and figure out which ones you want um, we're building actually a really awesome house up there right now uh, for some local people out of Santa Maria and um, you know you could um, you know see what we have going on okay I was trying to look up Vista Roble phase two are you spelling out yeah, so the go to www.vistaroblei.com. I Okay. Roman numeral two. Well, right. and, and I'm not spelling the word phase, so that, that helps me, and I'm See? sure I'm not the only one who was trying to Google that no, while good. you were saying it. Thanks for that. Yeah. And uh, in addition to that, we have another great um, community, which is um, Westgate, which is right off of Via Concha and Willow Road. So if you're a golfer and you don't want to pay those high homeowners association fees, mm -hmm. Westgate is the one to get there. Um, beautiful home sites, Greg Nestor Homes. Um, we just finished putting in the landscaping around, you know, out, out in the front and stuff. So... Do a lot of your projects have HOA fees? No. 
the, another nice thing that I like to point out about Greg and his subdivisions is that he typically will write um, CCNRs to benefit the community, but he doesn't have homeowners associations. I, since you're here, I usually try to serve my audience a little bit, um, but I really dislike HOA fees. And just real quick, and for all the listeners, I don't want to explain why. Um, first of all, HOA fees are typically going to go forever, and they're usually only going to go up, right? Um, but in this market today, for every $100,000 you borrow, that's about 500 bucks a month. So you come with a project that's got a 250 HOA fee, that's like 50,000 bucks of purchase power you left on right there. You just totally hosing yourself. And then additionally, that goes on forever. So it's like 100% interest. And oftentimes what you're getting in trade for the HOA is not worth having that fee. So typically, um, you know, and you guys are nodding at me like you're on board with the HOA game. Um, I, I, I realize there are people I offend when I start this talk, the people that design themselves around having an HOA um, with all that extra bureaucracy and the controlling neighbor and the fun stuff there. But um, I just, I, for me, I'm a numbers guy. It never really adds up. So I think that's a tremendous uh, benefit then um, to your development style. Well, and that's what a lot of buyers think. I mean, one of the things that they always typically walk in, you know, even when I have a Greg Nestor resale home, what are the homeowners association fees? Right. I'm like, they have no homeowners association fees. Really? Okay, now we're interested, right? Makes it a lot more affordable forever. Right, right. right. <laughs> that's right. a huge selling point. One uh, thing I'm I'm noticing about a lot of the developments on, on your website, Greg, are that they're on half acre and, and acre lots. Um, so much of what I read in the paper or hear just buzz about the different communities is about density, density. That's the way we make money. That's the way we serve the, the needs of, of people who need housing. What are, I, I'm curious just to get your thoughts on density versus the more traditional um, style of home that's on you know property with a nice big driveway, big yards, that kind of thing. Well, that that's a great big topic when you get a, in a certain room with a certain cross-section. You know, there's a lot of visions of what those things uh, include. And, you know, uh, we are more of a rural estate builder. Um, that's, mm -hmm. you know, kind of my background and what we've done and, and the niche that we have um, uh, served uh, in between some of those higher density production builders and then maybe very, very high-end stuff, which we've done some of that too. So I, I prefer to do that. I like that style of construction. My my product line focuses on that. Um, I have participated in a lot of roundtable discussions and and so forth at the county and, and city levels, uh, EVC uh, discussions about that. Um, there are a lot of planning efforts that are trying to maximize uh, infrastructure and promote higher densities within the city boundaries and urban lines and you know there is merit to that um the the thing that we have uh commented on from the home builders association is that uh, that isn't exactly what the american dream is and when people are moved to the central coast uh, they don't picture themselves on the third floor in a condo above a pizza uh, <laughs> producing you know shack so you know there's 
there's a lot of visions of what people are interested in here on the coast. And uh, there is, of course, a sector that that is looking for that more affordable, higher density. When I moved here in uh, 83 and 84, I bought a condo in San Luis. 29 years later, I still own it. The association fees were $75 that that day, and my house payment was five twelve. And uh, today, I think the uh, HOA fees are three fifty. Yeah. So, and in twenty nine more years, they're going to be seven fifty. Yeah. Every <laughs> every once in a while, we get a love letter saying we need a chunk of cash here to to bolster sure. the coffer. So it's uh, you know, in a condo, truly, that's a good fit for some people. Some people don't want to have the yard to deal with. They don't want to have to worry about the exterior of their home. They just want to come home and pull into their very uh, pre-negotiated parking spot and uh, have all that. And if that's what you're signing up for, you know it, then that's fine. Um, I just, I personally like to make sure that we go through the math and that people understand out of that HOA fee, what you get, what it equals and how long, um, to me, it's like rent, you know, people come in him and hollering about the difference between four and four and a quarter on their mortgage or something, but rent and HOA fee, that's hundred percent interest, uh, forever. And you get, you know, you're not getting that back. So, um, so we're, we're winding out of time here and I think that we've controlled much of the show. So I want to give you guys an opportunity. Was there anything today that you were, you were dying to use this microphone to get the word out? Um, yeah, actually, um, definitely to plug our communities, um, so people could come out and see what we have. First one is Westgate, which you've heard us talk about all day. Um, it's more of a golf course community right next to Black Lake. Um, then Vista Roble phase two, you have your nice half acre parcels there, um, which is awesome. We have our spec house going on there. And then we have Camino Mariposa, um, two and a half acre and five acre home sites out there on the bluff looking over the Santa Maria Valley. So I always like to welcome people to come out to any of those communities. Usually either Greg's at one of those or I'm out there and come out and see what we have going on. Or, you know, if they're interested in building, you know, call us and we can set up a time for them to come in and for us to go over what we have to offer and look at their parcel that they might have and show them the floor plans that we have. Hey, uh, building here locally for 31 years, you've acquired some knowledge about how to do it, how to play the game and, and get through the system here. Um, so I, I, I can't help but recognize that that's a, that's a tr just a huge benefit somebody has to working with you is that level of experience. Um, and we started out the show kind of talking a little bit about, you know, coming forward out of this recession, what it looks like going forward. You're, you look like a pretty even keel dude. Um, you, you've been pretty chill on the show here today. Um, are you excited about where the economy and real estate industry and everything's headed? Um, are you feeling encouraged and excited to be a part of it or do you are you being uh just drug along for the ride tell me about i mean we we were we talk a lot about builder sentiment on the show and what it just means to everyone and i have a real live builder in the chair here so give us an idea about your sentiment today and what it looks like going forward well from where we just were going forward uh, is uh you know what we're experiencing now is a breath of fresh air you know um we were repressed and depressed for 
quite a, a stint right there, an unusually long time, in my opinion, with the real deep uh, uh, recession that we had to work through. So it, it did change the model. It did change the complexion of some of the the components of the industry. So there's some excitement in in uh, finding a way and and you know working back towards some of the original goals that we had in our career as builders and developers. So. Um, you know, the fact that there is a, a market there where there wasn't, you know, that's exciting. Um, I, uh, I love my job. I love my career. I love my community that I work in here. I, I truly enjoy working here daily. So um, I, I'm still very excited about the industry and, and think that there's a lot to look forward to. The classic old model is probably not going to be the model that's going to survive going forward. It's going to have a, a greener edge it's going to have a uh you know a, a, we're, we're basically looking at how to build homes that are smarter more affordable more efficient mm -hmm. and uh user friendly for the uh for the client and owner yep hey well um thank you thank you both for coming in today i really appreciate it and um you know, I I sit here. It's one of these things where you never really take time to stop and and smell the roses. I think because there's more work to be done. But uh, I say congratulations to us all for surviving it. Um, I, I mean, truly, there were some years in there. I think for all of us, where being a part of the industry relying on housing was nasty. Um, lots of dudes I know that have, uh, worn those work boots forever. were wondering when they were going to get to put them on again. And it's pretty sweet that, um, that you got, you got, um, nails being bent today. That's a good thing. Um, it was missing for all too long. Um, so yeah, Jim reminds us here that, um, love to have contact information. Give us your phone numbers, um, web addresses, cell phones if you want them maybe we'll we'll see you on myspace or something how do we get a hold of you guys awesome um well greg nestor our the office is um greg nestor construction it's four eight nine four eight one five one eight two did you just try to give the wrong number your partner's disrupting me what's he doing he's making funny faces at me he's just a funny faced guy comic relief remember right exactly and then mine is obviously kathy curtis four four zero eight six four one our websites are great greg's website has his floor plans on it you can also see the upcoming developments that we have and that's um, gregnesterhomes.com, G-R-E-G-N-E-S-T-E-R-H-O-M-E-S.com. And then uh, mine for other, you know, resale and lots, which is kathycurtishomes.com. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Uh, one of the criticisms that Dan and I get here on the show is we don't do a good enough job of letting people know why in the heck we're here every Saturday for seven years. Uh, we own Central Coast Lending. We're a direct lender. We have offices around the county. Um, we are also a broker with more than 50 bank approvals. I like to say if it's lendable, we can lend on it. Um, dirt, construction, mobile homes, FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, whatever you got. Um, we'd love to have an opportunity to quote it and throw our hat in the ring. Uh, we used to go selling just on price because we're the cheapest in town, but um, though we still are, we're trying to sell now on service and let you guys know that what you get with us is a 
truly the mortgage experts and would love to have an opportunity to work with you. Give us a call this week if you have a lending need that we might be able to help with, 543-LOAN. And if you're not ready yet, prepare yourself by going to our website, centralcoastlending.com. It's full of resources. You'll be glad you stopped by. Thank you both again for coming in today. It was very cool. We'll be back next week with another episode of Mortgage Matters. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you.